Jesus, the Son of God, I believe in you. I believe in you. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, I believe in you. I believe in you. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, I believe in you, I believe in you, oh, Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, I believe in you. The Son of God, I believe in you, I believe in you. You are thy one, you are I ever needed. Your love, I want. Help me know you, I need. Help me know you, I need. I how far you've brought us I'm so glad you found me Lord I can see I can tell and I know it's your grace all my days I will sing your praise 
You are the mighty God. How great thou art. Alleluia. Alleluia. You are the mighty God. How great thou art. Alleluia. Alleluia. You are the mighty God. How great thou art. Alleluia. Alleluia. You are the mighty God. How great thou art. Alleluia. Alleluia. You are the mighty God. How great thou art. Alleluia. Alleluia. You are the mighty God. How great thou art. Alleluia. Alleluia. You are the mighty God. How great thou art. Alleluia. Hallelujah. 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 We give you praise, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for loving us, Lord Jesus. Oh, high priest of Israel, we thank you. Father, we ask that you help us today feed from you, hear from you. Help us, Holy Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Welcome everyone to Melchizedek School. And... Uh, our Father in the Lord is not around. Praise God. Hallelujah. They say when uh, the cat is not around. <laughs> I wonder why there should have been more people here. Where is everyone? Praise God. Okay, like our tradition, um, We'll follow his tradition. What did he teach last week? What did we learn last week? Go see, were you around for Melchizedek School last week? So what did you learn? Praise God. 
what I learned last week, um, Papa talked about the way and the regacy. So, so I understand that the point one, you talk about the way, and point two is regacy. And point three, you say that um, every child or every man wants his children to grow successful, in which that um, God give Christ to us so that we might be successful in him. Now, praise God. All right, thank you. Pastor David. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Good evening, Ma. Last week, uh, we were dealing on priesthood, and Papa began by uh, introducing priesthood as a profession. He said that priesthood is a profession. Uh, in other words, uh, living the life of God is what we are called to do. It's, 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 it's our essence. It's the reason for our living. It's what we are uh, designed or made to you know, uh, leave. You know, when he was uh, talking, I, I, I remember, reminded me uh, Ecclesiastes, I think it's chapter one. You know, Solomon was introduced. He said, Ecclesiastes chapter one, where Solomon. He said, the word of the preacher, the son of David, the king in Jerusalem. So the first identity of Solomon was addressed as a preacher. In other words, he was first a priest. So our first profession before other profession is first as a priest. That priesthood is a profession. In other words, it's a life that we are called to live. It's our utmost priority. You know, Papa also mentioned the weed. He said that we, the will is, is beyond what we are called to uh, inherit. You know, like it also contains uh, the expectation of the Father. In other words, in expectation, it's not just that we are coming to inherit something, you know, like benefit. It also uh, contains what the, the Father required from us as his children. Hallelujah. So he also said that every father wants perpetuity. In other words, every father is interested in legacy. That legacy is a way of documenting ideology to your children. In other words, transferring uh, inheritance values you know, to your children. And he made something that uh, Mekizedek, he said that Mekizedek's priesthood is, it's not like the ironic kind of priesthood that Mekizedek's priesthood is the I the way I captured it is a father and sons other kind of priesthood. That is a father 
and sons that God brought us, you know, through Christ Jesus, brought us into that priesthood that it has a, it's a relational kind of priesthood. Hallelujah. We're brought into relationship with God as our Father. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, the wonderful thing is that um, even in the Aaronic priesthood, it is still generational. Okay? Um, all the patterns of the expressions of God on the earth, there's not one that is without the lineage. It's, it's all, you know, the family lineage. So when God established the priesthood, the law and the priesthood in the Old Testament, he established it under the Levitical order. That's under the family, the lineage of Levi. That's why it's called Levitical order, under the lineage of Levi. Levi was one of the 12 sons of uh, Israel. Praise God. The nation that he established, the, the nation of Israel, is also generational. It came from Abraham, from Abraham to Isaac, Isaac and Jacob. And it was Jacob that multiplied it. And there's no other person that could enter into that lineage um, just like that. You had to, they have to cut covenant for you to come into, become a part of Israel. So you will see that God is a family-oriented God. It's not, uh, his um, pattern is not outside of family. It's a family-oriented oriented God. Hallelujah. So in establishing the New Testament priesthood, the order of that New Testament priesthood is also um, generational. Okay, It's just that in this dimension, it's no longer gen generation in the flesh. We, it's not generation in the spirit, but it's under the stewardship, under the headship of the Father. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Is there anybody else that has another uh, impute to make into what um, we learned last week? Any other person? Pastor Israel, Pastuche, Samson, Shego, last week. What did you learn from Exodus school last week? Thank you, ma'am. Um, I'll just uh, cite one strong point that Papa made last week, and that's um, concerning the subject of prayer. He said that prayer has been greatly abused by a lot of Christians, and um, he said most people, when they approach God, they come with the attitude of one who wants to fight, one who is fighting, that it's supposed to be a relationship thing, like a father and a son relationship. So uh, when I approach God in the place of prayer, I should be conscious of the fact that I'm going to talk to my father. And um, that was the point. All right, praise the Lord. So maybe we would, I like this topic, praise God. So maybe we would take our cue from the issue of prayer, priesthood and prayer. 
Okay, and let's begin to discuss different types of prayer and the place of a priest as far as prayer is concerned. Hallelujah. And one thing that is true, that is not a lie, is that prayer has been abused. There's an abuse of prayer. Because all the prayers that we pray, assuming we are praying effectively and effectually, we would have much more results. Because Jesus never prayed a prayer that was not answered. There was not a single prayer Jesus made that was not answered. The only prayer Jesus prayed that was not answered was when he said, Father, if it be your will. And that prayer is conditional. It was a conditional prayer. It was subject to the Father's will. So assuming he wanted to go against the Father's will, I, I think he would have succeeded. If he had said, Lord, Father, I know your will, but I don't want to do it. The Father would have said, okay, come back. So there is no, I believe also that the disciples watched Jesus for a while and saw his instant miracles. I was meditating on it maybe like two weeks ago. Okay, and how things responded to him instantly. And I was asking myself, what is the missing link? Where are we missing it? Why are we not getting the kind of instant results that Jesus always got? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, and I want, I want to also use um, Pastor Isibor's pattern of interaction because I've been uh, ministering since 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. <laughs> <4 a. m. laughs> Praise the Lord. And uh, after all that ministration, I couldn't really get any good measure of sleep nor <clears throat> recover my voice properly. So I want to ask, I want us to look at, because he said the prayer is not aggressive. However, I believe that when prayer is aggressive, you know, prayer is not, that prayer, aggressive prayer is not necessarily referring to God. Am I, am I making sense? Praise God. So you see, every time when we engage in our closet, it's not every time when we engage in our closet that we are praying to God. When you are praying to God, you can't go to God as a fighter. However, there are also aspects of engagement with God that requires you to wrestle. After all, Jacob did not wrestle with a devil. Did Jacob wrestle with a devil? No, Jacob wrestled with an angel. Praise God. And the word that that, rest, that word wrestle is there, it means that there was some level of pressure from one side. You know, of course, when we say wrestle, we're not imagining two people in the ring. And, you know, it's either sumo wrestling or world championship wrestling. No. I would think that um, it was a spiritual encounter. Okay? It was a spiritual encounter that required some pressing in on the side of Jacob for a change of life. Hallelujah. Praise God. <clears throat> so I don't know if, Francis, do you have something to say along these lines? Yes, you. Okay, hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, so just like what you said, um, 
yeah, you, you can easily argue that there's different protocols for, I feel like prayer is a huge word. Yeah, prayer is a very huge word. Prayer, prayer is a big word. So we need to break it down properly so that people can understand it. And we look at different, uh, like us as a priest, we look at different types of prayer. Maybe we'll do this, you know, for a while. And so that believers, we can really understand how to pray and the different types of prayer that a believer can pray. Okay, so I'm sorry I interjected. Please continue until you are done. Yes, yes, yes. So yes, like um, it's a huge word, and it's you know comp there's you interacting with God, there's you interacting with your angels, there's you interceding for people, there's you interacting with the enemy, with the with the wicked one, with his agents as well, and this huge umbrella term called prayer usually captures all of these. Um, Unfortunately, or fortunately, um, I'll phrase it like this in a way that I think would be helpful. Jesus' model, the God for prayer that he gave in you know, Matthew chapter 6, is what should instruct like every single pattern of prayer, no matter the direction that we're going. Um, Our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. For, um, forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Um, deliver us on temptation, but um, lead us on temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Hallelujah. This is this is meant to be like the framework that touches every single one, every single prayer posture that we are adopting. So, for example, um, while praying now, I can be interceding for the church. I can be identifying as the church, and while doing so, I'm, there's a heart posture that I assume when I'm doing that. Whether it's one of interceding, Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and we want to repent. And you're identifying with the church, with the body. There is a prayer posture for communion with the Lord where you're meeting with your dad and you are bearing all to him. You can be as vulnerable and as naked as you need to be. Um, I feel like every child of God, this one is a necessity in your spiritual walk if you want to grow spiritually. Um, the another one that's also very important is also um, wrestling with your own self. I feel like it's also very important as well. So for example, um, most of the time when believers are praying, the warfare is actually with their own selves. That's the truth. So like, um, I remember someone had an experience where they teleported to heaven um, while praying. And while they were in heaven, people that were there saw them and they saw them doing this. Maybe I should come forward so people can see me or something. <laughs> so so um, someone had this experience where um, they went to heaven and they saw people in Oh, my goodness. Good to see you, sir. Awesome, awesome. Hallelujah. <laughs> I would have jumped up if I wasn't holding the microphone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, and they saw the angel, the person doing this. Sorry. Someone had a prophetic experience. They saw the person doing this. And while the person was doing this, um, they just watched for a while. It took a while before. They calmed down from all of that shaking. And basically, the angel that was guiding this person through the prophetic encounter said that this is what many believers do when they come to see God. They spend a lot of time overcoming their own distractions. Does that make sense? So, for example, when you're praying, most of the time, you find yourself distracted by your own heart. Maybe what you have been doing. So, for example, um, there's a few friends I pray with. 
it's wise for me to, whenever I'm about to pray, disconnect from everything else I'm doing before prayer time comes and beginning to engage the Lord. I think that's common sense. But if you don't do that, you're going to spend a lot of your prayer time doing that thing. Does that make sense? Now, when you finished doing all of that thing, then you cannot begin to actually interact with God. Does that make sense? So many times, the reason, one reason for gra, 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 is not gra, 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 gra to God. It is gra, 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 gra with my own heart. Does that make sense? So for example, let's say I really want to connect to God on something. There is a heart posture, I assume, that requires a lot of intentionality. Does that make sense? Where I'm like, for example, I'll share a story real quick. There was a time I was, I had a few questions in my heart and I went really with God and things were sliding in a direction I was not a big fan of, but I had these sincere questions with the Lord. And what I simply did was, I went and knelt down, this was when we were in Adio Shemoye, I knelt down next to the TV and I shouted, Lord, what should I do? Now, I didn't shout it out loud in my physical mouth, but deep in my, like all of, like every single chamber in my heart was saying the same thing at the same time. And it was asking God that question. As soon as I asked that question, I heard the Lord say, seek me. Hallelujah. Usually, that is the end goal of your interaction with the Lord. It is that you, you commune with God and he responds. Does that, does that make sense? Many, most of the time, what many believers call prayer is that they have successfully stopped that thing. Maybe a visual would be helpful for what that looked like. It's basically, you, child of God appears in heaven, they're doing this. And some children of God, 30 minutes, one hour, they are heavily distracted. I'll be honest with you, most of our problems in the church is actually distraction. Most modern day saints, because of all, with all the revelation that we have, with all the insight that we have, with all the things that God has explained, the doctrines, the years of accumulated knowledge, we have books now from the Celtic Fathers, the Coptic Saints, the early church. With all of these writings, I'll be honest with you, if you can be as undistracted as possible and read any of them, you will find an explosion on the inside of you. I triple dare you to do that. Who knows what I mean by that? I triple dare you to, so like we're going to be doing this thing in PHB Youth, challenges. We're going to take no social media challenge, one month, no social media. You have a question? Okay, question. Question for me answering the question. Okay, let me finish. Okay, gotcha. Okay, just write what you want to say down so that it's not, um, I'm guessing... You have a question, Suzanne. <laughs> and the reason why is because most of our issues in the church is not because, it's not even that someone asked a question about God answering prayers and victory notes. And the truth is that every child of God, if you're able to interact with God freely, you should hear a response. Our issue is distraction. Guess what I'm saying? The reason for fasting, like for example, um, most of the time when I start engaging the Lord, I don't, if I want to hear what God has to say, I don't think in my mind, three hours, four hours. I take an entire, in fact, maybe two or three days. That's the truth. If I want to hear what God has to say. Not if I want to kind of get an idea of what God has to say. what I'm saying? If I want to hear God, why? Because we live a very toxic life to the presence of God. Our lives, our culture is very toxic to the voice of God. Who gets what I'm saying? It's not because you're a bad person. Amen? Just the way you do life in general. It is very, it is almost you saying, I don't want to hear God. Does that make sense? So for example, now, um, I was listening to someone, this is not a, this person is not a believer. He's a, a billionaire. 
and or a millionaire, sorry, in the US Don. He was saying what he does when he wakes up in the morning. He said when he wakes up in the morning, he doesn't touch his phone. He doesn't touch his digital anything. He's, he said there's something called the flow state. This is what people in the world, they're doing. All these new agers, all these gurus. They understand that when you wake up in the morning, is a time for inspiration. So creativity will flow. How many know that inspiration means connectivity with the spiritual realm? How many know that? How many know that human beings are spirits, whether you're a Christian or you're a Muslim? How many know that? So an unbeliever is saying flow state. They're not saying that God is talking to them. Anything can be talking to them. What do I mean by anything? Some of them, they have things in their, in their blood that says that they are meant to come up with some specific ideas. Those things were written by God for them to fulfill something in righteousness. Who knows what I'm saying? The Bible says those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the firmament. Those who will lead many to righteousness at the stars forever. You find people that is in their blood, they're meant to be very influential at a specific age. When that age, when that, when they, when that age is triggered, they find a lot of ideas begin to hit their heads. Is everyone listening? Now, if you're not born again or being dealt with by God, there is a way those things would be interpreted by you. But that thing is written in your body. Does that make sense? Now, if you're born again, you find the Holy Spirit teaching you. Please, it's very important, amen? Because you find unbelievers, even Christians also, you can have something written in your body, but you don't interpret it, you don't interpret it with the will of God. Does that make sense? The things that God has written concerning, you can use them to fight God. How many of you know that? You can use your calling, your giftings. I'm, I'm talking a lot, aren't I? Hallelujah. I actually don't, <laughs> I don't plan to talk. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, you can use all of these things to fight God. You can use your car to fight God. You can use your phone to fight God. You can use your own giftings to fight God. How many of you know Balaam? Yeah. Balaam went up, saw some things, blah, 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 blah. He now instructed Balak on how to defeat Israel. In fact, Balaam's goal in spiritual ascension was not to see anything. It was actually to curse Israel, right? That was an intention. It's just that Israel was covered by God. So he was like, okay, this covering to, to get to them, let us break the hedge. Does that make sense? So when, when you're seeing people in the world, for example, someone like a Beyonce or a Katy Perry or a Rayma, I mean, Rayma was a church boy, the famous Nigerian musician, okay? That thing on his life, it is in his body. Is everyone listening? You call it luck, say that it was, ah, he just happened to be there at the right time. Those things are not cool. It's not coincidence anything. These things are written where? In the body. Now, what's supposed to happen is that over time, while, while you're being dealt with by God, like for example now, Moses, right? It was written in Moses' blood. The Bible said that when Moses was born, he was a beautiful child, a goodly child. It was in his blood. Same thing with Noah. When he was born, his parents could tell that these people have destiny. Now, where exactly is that thing meant to, to land? It requires God dealing with you so that that thing would manifest correctly. Does that make sense? Because you can have something powerful in your life. I can tell you telling me to stop. And it doesn't manifest in alignment with the will of God. It's manifest in a completely different circumstance. For example, now someone is meant to be wealthy. Okay? And then they find the reason for that. They find the window for that money to come in. Maybe it's an idea. Maybe it's a business deal. Maybe it's just some connection, some favor, some positioning. But you're not being dealt with by God. What would you come and do? You come and share testimony in church about how God supernaturally gave you wealth. Like how many of Dan Gauthier's wealth? You know where it came from? It came from Bentley, the host. How many of you know that? Bentley, so I gave him that thing. And that thing has now been pinned to, ben, um, to Dan Gauthier's body. Is he interpreting that wealth correctly? Is everyone listening? 
So all of these things, they need to be dealt with by God. Now, in that process of dealing with these things um, in the presence of God, God will give correct interpretation for all of these things. I'm saying this because some of the things in your own body will be screaming at you as well. You're supposed to be doing this. You're meant to be doing this. But are you submitting that thing to God? Okay, I'm feeling a teaching unction. Hallelujah. Amen. Is what I'm saying making sense? All of these distractions, they have to be fought against. Oh, God. Hallelujah. It is well. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. But everything I'm saying making sense? Apart from... Apart from... Apart from... I'm going to stay on distractions for a while because I feel like distractions are made a very serious thing. If you, I've been, I've spoken about how I've been reading about um, the early church. If you read the early church writings, you would see that the early church, they were given to practices that made the preoccupation of their minds on the Lord. How many of you know that? It wasn't just that they, it wasn't just that they had an inflow of spiritual things. There was a participation. Is everyone listening? I'll share something I think is very important. I'm so sorry. I, didn't ha I don't have a prepared... I might not know I heard that. Did anyone hear that? Okay, okay. Who's making sure? I'm too close to the... Okay, I need to come this... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can everyone hear on TV? It is well. Uh, I was saying something. The early church. If you check people in the early church, you would see that they had practices that made it very difficult for them to live distracted lives. So for example, they didn't meet in buildings like this. They met in churches. And by churches, I mean they met in each other's homes. Amen? Sorry, there's no building called a church. They met in each other's homes. And so on the way back from work, where are they going to? To meet with each other. Maybe they've agreed that we're going to meet in Pasuche's house. So everyone is leaving from work to where? Pasuche's house. When we're at Pasuche's house, we're going to stay there and fellowship with each other. And the subject matter of our fellowship is breaking bread, right? Worshipping God, giving glory to God. Is everyone listening? That was predominantly what they did. Now, this is beyond their own personal communion with God and their own fellowship with God. Now, the book of Acts doesn't give us a lot of concrete information about what these interactions look like per se, but you can get some clues when you look at different writings scattered all throughout the scriptures. A good example of this now is the hunger level of the average believer in church, for example. Now, when someone like Apostle Paul will come, Apostle Paul comes. They've had their own fellowship time, right? Apostle Paul comes, and he's speaking to them in the church. And Paul speaks to them all afternoon, all night, into the early morning. And only one person fell asleep, right? That shows us that. It shows us the, well, I say hunger level, attention span. I'll say the training of the early church. Does that make sense? You notice that in the early church, when they were beaten, when they went through discouraging times, the thing they fell back to was not TikTok or Instagram or YouTube or even to listen to songs. It was that they would sing songs. They would pray. Who knows what I'm saying? What's that verse? Any among you weak, let him. If anyone among you is this, let him, let him, let him. They had those cultures and practices. So because of that, their default state was this active participation in the things of God. Is anyone listening? The reason why I'm drawing attention to these things is because I've realized something that when I'm distracted, I learned this, I, I don't say I learned, I, I heard this, I began to implement this. Learning and mastery, I consider them to be synonymous, I haven't mastered this yet. The, 
Everyone meditates all the time. Meditation is simply a function of what you've been engaging or interacting with recently. Does that make sense? So for example, um, let's say I'm watching a lot of stuff about AI stuff on YouTube. I keep on watching, watch, let's say I watch for like an hour. When I finish watching for an hour, you know what I'm going to be meditating on after I after, after finished? AI stuff. Does that make sense? Let's say after that I go watch a cartoon or a movie. You know what I'm going to be meditating on? That movie. Unless I'm interacting with something that tempers or well, let's say distorts or arrests the flow, okay, or traumatizes me, all of my meditations are going to be subject to things that got my attention the most throughout the day. Does that make sense? So for example, let's say I'm driving and let's say I have to pay house rent now, for example. What's going to be on my mind? Is it how long I've been driving? It's going to be that house rent, right? Because that's more attention grabbing to me. It's going to be predominant. But let's say while I'm driving, someone now hits me. I can immediately drop the house rent and focus on, on that thing. These are just principles you can use for engaging God. I just described just now. You can have your, you know, kind of like your passive engagement of God, audio Bible playing, worship music playing, right? But then there's you, the accident, right? Or the dealings of God. So for example now, let me say like this. God spoke to you, God gave you an instruction. That thing should have a weight on your soul, right? That's disturbing you, the house rented you. Does that make sense? But then there's all of these other things, these collision points, like maybe an encounter with God or a time of prayer. Does that make sense? Where something arrests you and takes over everything that's in your mind. And from that point onwards, that is the subconscious meditation of your soul. Does that make sense? I learned this because I was trying to learn how to meditate, how to sit down in silence. And sit down in silence and meditate on God's word was seemingly difficult for me. That was when I realized that it doesn't have to be hard if you just engage your soul the way you do with everything else. The Bible says, seek God the way you seek silver. Seek me as something that's precious. The same way you do important things, do God important. Does that make sense? What, how did that, what, what did that look like to me? When I'm praying, I took prayer time seriously. Does that make sense? So I would, I bought a whiteboard. I got enchanted worship music. When I say enchanted, I mean anointed. I mean music, worship music that when you hear it, it provokes some kind of emotional response. I got things that would trigger me, if that makes sense. And I would put them, I would just surround myself with them. Then I would myself in my physical body begin to engage with the Lord intentionally. Okay, I'm feeling an evangelistic. Is there someone here that's not born again? <laughs> Hallelujah. Maybe someone online. Hallelujah. I will begin to intentionally, hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for whoever that person is. Thank you for that person's soul in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. It's an, I think maybe there's someone that you're far away from the Lord, and he wants to bring you closer. Hallelujah. Okay. You are, you want to, you want to pray, you want to spend time with the Lord, and you want the Lord to drive your thought processes in your head. You want to meditate on the scriptures. The easiest way to do that is to aggressively engage the scriptures, is to aggressively pray. Does that make sense? That collision would drive subconscious meditations in your heart. Now, once the trauma from that collision is severe enough, automatically you begin to meditate, automatically. Does that make sense? No matter, I mean, like you need to, you need to either thin it out, this is another foolish thing that we do, is that we now thin it out. How do you thin it out? You go and pick up your phone. 
you engage in stupid interactions. Remember how you said that foolishness is a sin? That is the truth. <laughs> I was about to expose myself, but I won't expose myself. But I have acted very foolishly recently. And the Lord told me that basically I should never do that again. I, w- I want to wean that thing I am. This thing I'm talking about now, about you've sp- spent time, time with God. You're not going to do something stupid. I, you actually, I actually have to repent of that before the Lord because it's actually something that I, I will share something I think is very important. So sometimes God will have me pray, fast, wait on the Lord. This is a horrible practice I used to do. Because I think in my mind I've gone, done something for God or I've given God my time, I really believe that I want to now, exactly. Let me now enjoy, God, I've, given, I've enjoyed God. Let me enjoy myself. Because what I'm saying. And unfortunately, that is wrong. You know why? All that fasting, praying, waiting God, whatever it was I was doing. Now, I also understand that if you're not, I'm, I'm so sorry, my thoughts are a little bit scattered. Let me say something. These words I'm about to say now, not everyone is going to receive them and actually implement them. Does that make sense? So I'm letting you know that if you're in that place where my words are like, Oga, after this birthing our new season is over, <laughs> I'm jumping inside Netflix. Hallelujah. May God have mercy on you. Who understands what I'm saying? I really hope there's no one like that. Amen. But I'm saying this because I always knew that it was wrong to do that, but I still went on ahead doing it. Does that make sense? Don't do that. Does that make sense? Act- when I say repent from it, to, for me to repent, I have prescribed for myself, for example, now different seasons of seeking the Lord and intentionally not doing that thing. Does that make sense? To wean myself of that practice so that when I finish fasting and praying, I allow what God, has, what God has done in that time to digest properly. That's the truth. But I'm saying making sense. So that's a really bad habit. You finish seeking God, you finish praying, you finish fasting, finish whatever. And what do you do? Pick up your phone. You just jump back into the world. Now, the problem is that, the problem with that is not that the world is, not that your phone is bad per se. Amen. But here's the truth. <laughs> The oil that is resting on these things is not the same oil from 10 years ago. When, when, I, was, when I finished Bible school, before I could just I could pick up my phone without fear, look at something when I finished, it's time to see God. And there was no connection. Like, this was not tampering with my head. Does that make sense? So because of that, I could, I mean, the presence of God would, the weight of the presence of God on my soul was so much heavier than the weight of my phone. I'm going to be honest with you. I have to consecrate myself. Who knows what I'm saying? I have to consecrate myself from my phone. I have to consecrate myself from my tablet. I have to. Because the oil from this thing now is so strong. Maybe it's from giving myself too much to it that I've built an affinity for it. Maybe. Maybe it's from... But know that what's happening right now is that if you play around with this thing, your spiritual life... Yes, you will die. And it's not that God will kill you. God, God, doesn't, can I say God doesn't punish us for anything. Amen? The way these things work is that these things, they open doors into our lives. Someone asked me a question about answered prayer and God answering prayer and receiving victory notes. You know the reason why we don't have answered prayers? is because we're, we're too distracted to receive our victory notes. That's the truth. It's not that mama said now that Jesus always got answered. You know why Jesus Christ always got answered to prayer? Go and check Jesus' prayer life. I'm not going to lie to you. If you check Jesus' prayer life, you are going to be, you're going to be, you, you would repent. <laughs> when I say check, I didn't say read the Bible and then come up with a few bullet points and write in your notebook and then close your notebook and keep on going. If you want to implement Jesus' prayer life in your life, 
you will repent. So those are me by repent. You would need to make changes in your own life. You know what Jesus would do? After days of ministry, you know what he would do? He would retire to go and wait on God all night. So imagine immersion. We finished packing everything down and everything, whatever. And then how do I want to now relax? I will go and do what? All night prayer. Is everyone listening? It, that's not a reflection. It's not just a reflection of that Jesus Christ has discipline in prayer. It's not about discipline in prayer per se. It's his lifestyle, a culture. He doesn't have the weight of God. God's presence is not a weight or a burden to him. It's now a delight to him. Does that make sense? So because of that, when he wants release or relief, he goes to that place. It's like when you go to your comfortable chair or you go to your bed, that place that you know you feel, you feel good. For Jesus, feeling good had been programmed to him to be the presence of God. Does that make sense? This is something the early church developed as well. If you check, when they finish beating them, what do they do? They will go and worship God. They will go and pray. They will go and sing hymns. I'm telling you, we have no, the early church and us, we are a joke. I'm not going to lie to you. Someone can insult you and your prayer life has ended. I, I checked my prayer life during the season of my life and I was like, wow, am I this weak? I'm not going to lie to you. Our prayer lives are so, when I say weak, our prayer lives are so weak. The smallest thing can scatter your prayer life. When I say scatter, there's a saying in the world. I'm going to bring worldly sayings here. Not because I'm trying to be worldly, but because those things are common sense. And it is that you don't rise to your goals. You fall to your structures in your life. You fall to the habits in your life. Does that make sense? So, for example, in your spiritual life, let's say every day you must spend at least one hour with God. That is the life. That is the, that is the water level of God's presence in your life right there. Does that make sense? Let's say you don't have a regiment of spending time with God at all. Do you know where the water level in the present God in your life is? Nothing. Is everyone listening? No, no, no. God's presence in your life. God is always present. How many of you know that? But spiritual things, they don't work by what God has said. God has said many things to many people that never came to pass. By his stripes, we are healed. Christians are dying left right and center. Is that not true? Many people have callings on their lives. They are going to take those callings back with them to heaven. That's the truth. Many believers have, will not, I can't remember what Kenneth Hagin said, said that he cannot, could not believe that he had not even entered the first phase of his ministry. Is everyone listening? I'm not saying that what God is saying doesn't have any effect. The Bible said that the heavens belong to God, but the earth he has given to us to govern, to rule, and to reign. And we are the ones that will determine who will have a say in our lives. This is why the Lord's Prayer, the, what quotes every, the prayer is, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Who gets what I'm saying? That is what prayer is all about. That the, the life that I get to live is the one that is instructed by the Spirit of God. The one that is influenced by God. Is everyone listening? Okay, the only thing I wanted to say was, okay, the early church. It's okay. So you can, it's okay. okay, praise the Lord. I don't want us to, <clears throat> I want us to, there's something Francis said. I didn't want us to go away from there. That's why I felt it was something we should 
staying, okay? And when you were talking about um, whatever would become in life was written in us from day one. So those who were, I don't know, those who tuned in early enough from 4 a.m. this morning, I did say specifically that your, your callings, your giftings, and your assignments are in your DNA. Okay? They are in your DNA. Now, what has happened is that this is priesthood. What has happened is by satanic priesthood, we have lost those things. Okay? Through satanic priesthood, many of those things that were, you know, written in our blood, written in our members, that are meant to have popped up at 16, something will pop up. At 15, something will pop up. At 20, something will pop up. And all things are of God, right? If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away and all things have become new. And all things are of God. Now, instead of that to have happened, what has happened are that contrary things have happened instead, right? Now, the reason why is because someone tampered with what was written in you. You were not, either you were not in a place where the consciousness of God would have been awakened in you for you to come into the reality of the things that were spoken concerning you. Like Jeremiah, Let, let's go to the book of Jeremiah. Je we all know the scriptures. We all know that scripture. Now, because of what we have been doing for the past, this is 32 days now, we've been praying and um, trusting the Lord for a recovery of giftings, callings, assignments, destinies. And um, it's so important that we stay in, actually in the teachings on prayer because I want everybody this morning that if after these 30 days you go back to your normal everyday life, you might lose whatever it is that has already been programmed to locate you as a result of seeking the Lord for these 30 days. So that you had a dream and you saw your recovery is not enough. You, it must touch, it must manifest, you must touch it in your reality that you had a dream that you got pregnant, that you had a dream and you saw it. It's not enough. When you wake up from that dream, it should be your reality. Praise God. Hallelujah. I've seen myself in dreams. I've seen deep, me in difficult situations in dreams. And I woke up and I laid on my bed still wondering what had happened. How on earth did this happen? And then one minute or two minutes after I woke up, I realized it was a dream. Oh my God. Thank God it was a dream. I'm going to stop this right away. This is not going to happen. There is no way this is going to happen. So what did I do? I activated my priesthood. I went into prayers. Right? The same way. You will dream. I have twins. I bought a brand new car. I was ministering to 1,000 people. In fact, I was so anointed. The glory of God was coming out of my eyes, my nose, my mouth, my limbs. And you wake up and Oh, it was, you felt for the first two minutes, the real dream was so real, and you thought it was not a dream. And then two minutes after, you realized it was a dream. But instead of you to engage your priesthood, you say, ah, I had a wonderful dream today. In fact, 
That dream I had, it was so powerful. It was so good. I saw myself doing this. I saw this happening. I saw this happening. And you say, praise the Lord. Amen. You go and shower. You go and eat. And you go. You might never see that. You might never, you might never see that dream. So, you have to actively engage your priesthood with every revelation that comes to you. Whether it's the one sent by Satan or is the one sent by God. One needs birthing, one needs crucifixion. One needs birthing, one needs burial. The one that comes from Satan must be buried. It must not happen. It must not happen. The one that came from God must be born. It must be seen. It must manifest. And it is your responsibility for it to happen. It's not the angel's responsibility. It's not God's responsibility. In fact, that you had that means that there are already seven angels positioned in your room waiting for you to bring it to pass. But instead, you even went out to, to feel good. You went to a restaurant and bought yourself a good meal or you entered into a store and bought yourself wine that you have never drunk before to come and celebrate. Why? You had a good dream. God has shown you the future. You won't see that future if you don't birth it. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, I cannot speak. I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I have I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord God. Now, I want us to back up a little bit. Maybe from this, this story now, I'd like to go and do a bit of history about the life of Jeremiah. Is there anyone here that has the history of Jeremiah? From when he was born, who has looked into it? Francis, have you? A bit? So maybe when I finish, you can tell us. Because how he grew up and the days of his early years before this day would have determined this visitation from God. If he was out with the boys, going from movie theater to movie theater, he would not have heard this voice of the Lord telling him his ordination, telling him what heaven crafted in him when he was formed in his mother's womb. Hallelujah. And bringing him to the place where he will respond to that call, where he will answer to that assignment, where he will answer to that destiny. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priest. So you see, he was born into a lineage of priests. Okay, so priesthood was in his bloodline, right? Of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the third, thirteenth year of his reign. Josiah was one of the kings of Israel who obeyed the Lord as a king. There were just few of them, five or six of them. Total for the how many hundreds of years that Israel had kings. Both Israel and Judah had kings. You could just pick them a few. Josiah, Je um, Hezekiah, uh, Jehoshaphat, and Asa. After David died, that was all. We can't even say that Solomon was a good king, for heaven's sake. Because Solomon messed up. 
Does Solomon that created a foundation for idolatry in Israel? He brought strange women. He brought many Egyptian women, many strange women into Israel, and they came with their idols. And God told Israel from day one, he said, don't allow these idols to stay in your home. He said, once an idol enters your home, those idols will make you sin against me. You see, it's not that you would have intended to sin against God. But as long as there's an idol there, the idol will make you, will influence your decisions, influence your choices, right? And they will make you sin against me. So Solomon was a chief um, offender. As long as opening those gates um, were concerned, particularly the throne of, of Israel. Okay, he married many women from the lands that the priesthood of Satan. Imagine marrying the daughter of Pharaoh. How can, how can a king, a, a righteous king, go and marry a daughter of Pharaoh? That throne is over. Praise the Lord. So, in whom, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon. So, at this time, the atmosphere in Israel or in Judah was, was peaceful. The heavens above them was not polluted. Right? Praise the Lord. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. So I'd like to just have a brief history of Jeremiah's um, life as he was growing up and what would have, um, the opportunity that would have been created for him to hear the voice of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So it's so important that we labor for what was written in us. I don't know. Am I making sense? Uh -huh. It's very important that we labor for what was written. That was Esau's crime. That was Esau's crime. They inscribed something in their lineage. God wrote something in the lineage of Abraham. All the sons of Abraham were meant to serve the Lord. Okay? They were all meant to serve the Lord. But you can choose against what was written concerning you. That is why you will be held responsible for it. Otherwise, they won't hold you responsible for your life. God won't say, when you were on the earth, you spent 80 years on the earth, what did you do with your life? Praise God. Hallelujah. So it's imperative and very, very important that after these 30 days we've spent praying from 4 a.m. to 7.30 every single night consistently with fastings, it is very important that you don't go to sleep from 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. every day and thinking that the 30 days you prayed will take care of the rest of your future. No, you did those 30 days for entrance. The 30 days was for entrance, for you to now enter and take it. And you cannot enter to take if you do not continue in this. The only thing is that that timing was, was propagated for you by spiritual authority, by this office, right? Now, go and create your own convenient time. I am not going to be praying from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m from this night, but I assure you I must find my own time. 
And if it is possible, drive it beyond those three hours with engagement with God's word until I see what I labored for for 30 days. Otherwise, you will not see it. And don't tell me that uh, you are not a prophet. You are waiting for somebody to prophesy over your head. You better prophesy over your own head. You better prophesy over your own head. Praise the Lord. Because that's what brought the church to this weak church. It's where everybody is prayer line. They will put prayer line. Healing line, we will put healing line. Prophesying line, you will put prophesying line. So everybody is weak, waiting for one powerful geo to speak a word. Prayer is happening at the camp. Everybody runs to the camp. Everybody is waiting for the geo, for the uh, uh, bishop and the archbishop to say something, and then they will call us, Amen! So the whole church is weak. That's it. That's all the labor. Nobody goes there to labor. Everybody is going there for the labor of one man. Yes, looking up to look, going for the, I won't do that in this ministry. I assure you. If you like, say I'm not a woman of God, it's okay. That's fine. That's fine. You are trained. The reason you are here is for building. Say with me for building. Say with me for building. Say with me, this house must be built. This house must be built. You are that house. You must be built. It must be built. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So what we are going to do is that we are going to ensure that we birth our new season. And it's not, your new season is not a seasonal season. It's an eternal season. You, the, the sun, there was no day when the children of Israel were in the wilderness that the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire did not appear. For the 40 years they were in the wilderness, they lived under the cloud of fire and the cloud of uh, pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire every single day. Every single day. So every single day, you are going to be exercising yourselves so that you will fulfill your that thing they wrote in your DNA. That's what I am pursuing. That's my pursuit. So that you do not run a race that they will discard you at the end of the day. You don't run another man's race. You don't beat, run as one beating the air. So if we're going to learn any prayers, we're learning those prayers because we want to, let's not have utopic ideas about prayers and then let's not discard what we need. Because we don't understand there are different types of prayers. There are different types of prayers. There are prayers of meditation. Prayers where you don't talk, you just, you are still before the Lord. That's communion with God, that's prayer. And there are prayers that you will shout. There are prayers that you will shout. There is praise and worship. There are prayers that you will dance. It's not dancing inside your spirit. Mm -mm. Your physical body will dance and respond to God. There are prayers that you cannot pray alone. You need to engage with somebody. Bible calls a prayer of agreement. 
If two or three of you shall agree as touching anything by my Father which is him, if you like, give your prayer partner condition and don't pray that prayer. You disqualify yourself. You will never fulfill that instruction in the scriptures if two of you shall agree as touching anything. So two of you will never pray that prayer of agreement. Bible says if two of you shall agree about everything on this earth, Bible says about anything. There can be 10 issues. We agree on one. That's one we agree on. Let us hold hands over it and talk to God on it. Standing on the principles of prayer of agreement. Praise God. There are prayers of intercession. Prayers of intercession. You intercede for your brother. Intercede for your sister. Intercede for your nation. Intercede for your land. And many believers are carrying that responsibility on their shoulders. Eh? Many believers. Because the Bible says pray for one another. Pray for one another. Let's go to um, Matthew. Matthew chapter 6, I want to read verse 6. But, when, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I had to actually read this scripture again to see that the Bible doesn't even say that you should pray secretly. It just said your Father is in secret. What, means, what it just means is that your father is not seen, right? Your father is in the realm of the spirit. Your father is in the spirit. Praise the Lord. Because like the early church, for example, if we look at the early church, if we look at Acts chapter 4, proper examination of scripture, Acts chapter 4, let's look at verse 23, from verse 23. Or let's look at verse, from verse 19, when they were cautioned about preaching. From verse, from verse 19 says, But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they have further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what he has done. For this man was over 40 years old, on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. 
They went to their own companions. Another scripture says they went to their own company. Okay? So that means, first of all, believers should not be joining alone. Eh? Believers should not be joining alone. You must belong to a company. You must belong to a company. There must be a people that you can go to. Right? You have the same understanding. You have the same drive. You have the same focus. You believe the same things. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported. They shared with them all the things that they faced. What the chief priest had said. The challenges that they had. The threats that they were facing. They shared it with them. And after they shared with them, and when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that. And by the mouth of your servant, have you said, okay, so they began to um, declare God's word, right? Verse 31 said, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was what? Was shaking. Now, the Bible clearly states here that they lifted up their voice in one accord. So that means everybody that was in that place, wherever it was that they were gathered, whether it's in a brother's house, whether it's in a sister's house, whether it's in a fellowship center, wherever it was, it was a private place. I don't think it was in the open temple, right? Because the temple at those times was a public temple. The Jews were in those temples. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, they were all still using that temple. That temple was uh, Herod's temple that he built. So it was temple for the Jews where they all went to. They still went to the temple, I mean the believers, but they now, you know, they had to pull themselves apart from the rest of the Jews or from the rest of the people and they were meeting from house to house. So it must have been a brother's house where they would usually meet. And they were not few. These people were not few, right? And the Bible says that they lifted up their voice in one accord and prayed to God and began to declare these things to God. So the place was noisy. It was noisy. Hallelujah. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The essence of all that I'm saying is that the issue about our lives and our destinies, there is, you will not fulfill destiny. You will not fulfill assignment if you do not pay attention to your prayer life. You will not. You can come around the periphery of it. Okay? You can even begin the journey. But I have found out that there is an adversary. And that adversary does not want you to do the will of God. The enemy does not want you to do the will of God. Any company that wants to do the will of God will attract the enemy. He will want to stop you from doing the will of God. It is your responsibility to fight to do the will of God. 
It is your responsibility to fight for your assignment, to fight for your gifting, to fight for your time on the earth. So that what was written concerning you at age 20, when you are 20, it will trigger. What was written concerning at age 30, it will trigger. What was written concerning you at age 40, it will trigger. And if perchance you have lost anything, it is your responsibility to fight for your recovery. I loved what Sister Dio said. Sister Dio said something. He said, God is the only one that has the technology to buy back years. Eh? Because what, one of the adages we grew up with in life is that time waits for no one, one waits for that. <laughs> time gone is gone forever, but not with God. God said, I can recover seasons for you. I can recover times for you. I can recover callings for you. I can recover assignments for you. How he does it, I don't know. Now, if he's the one that can recover it for you, is it not, does it not make sense that you go to him daily? Praise the Lord. Until you know you have it. Someone said victory note. Until you know you have it. Until you know you have it. And the scripture is very instructive. After you know that you have had it, Bible says you continue therein in thanksgiving. Eh? It said continue therein in thanksgiving. So the, 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 the plan of God for our lives, the purpose of God for our lives, is that we are constantly in his presence. There should never be a time that we have acquired so much of God or acquired answers from God, or acquired things from God that we now think that we can be sustained by ourselves without God. In fact, one, one of the things I'm coming to see is that the more we go deeper with God, the deeper we should go. There should never be a time when you have walked with God. There was a time I used to walk with God this number of hours a day, and now I don't. It has reduced. The worst case scenario is that you should stay at that level and never reduce it. So we need to change all of the theologies that we have learned over the years that is driving us so that we can be successful. And to be successful, I don't mean to be the MD. I don't mean to have, that's not what I mean. I mean to have the kind of success that God promised Joshua. He told Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. Day and night. Yes, Joshua. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I want us to look at that scripture again. In the book of Joel. Verse 25. Say, for so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army, which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, 
I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. This is the promise that God has promised us. Now, shame doesn't mean that you one day now you, you, you steal something and they will disgrace you. You know what shame is for me? Shame for me means that when Jesus appears, I will not be ashamed. It's in the book of John. Right? That's what shame is. That's what shame is. That's what shame is. Of course, there is natural shame, which I don't even need to be a Christian to know how to conduct my life so that I will not be disgraced. If I learn how to talk well, if I learn how to dress well, if I learn how to stay in the right place at the right time, there will be no second. If I don't steal, there will be no circumstances that would bring shame to me. Right? But I can do all of those things and I will never have touched the will of God. I can be so well packaged and I will never have touched the will of God. So the will of God, what I'm saying here is that the will of God is what you should fight for. With all your strength, with all your might, with all that is in you. Because that is the only reason why God put you on the earth. God didn't put you on the earth to expire your life. With Satan. God didn't put you on, your, on the earth. And can I tell us the truth? Once we're doing anything that God didn't send us to do, it's Satan who activated it. You know that Satan can distract you. Satan can send you to do something else. I will never forget uh, 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 Joe Sweet's experience. Experience of Joe Sweet. He mingled with missionaries. They were going to India already. They were already going. They were already seeing miracles. All kinds of miracles were happening. It just was the right thing to do for him to go there as a missionary. That was just the right thing for him to do. That was just the perfect thing. They were not seeing those miracles in America. There were a lot of poor people. They were helping people. They were doing ministry as we know ministry should be. And they had packaged him to send him to India. There was a group that was present to sponsor it. So it's not like he was looking around from where the money would come from or who would send him there. No, they were already ready. His tickets, everything already put together by this uh, uh, group. And as he got off the phone with the people, you know, planning for him to go to India, he, maybe he dropped the phone. Jesus walked right into his room. He saw him with his two bare naked eyes. And the Lord asked him, what are you doing? What are you doing? He said that question was like the question you, he felt like a little child that was caught in a cookie jar, stealing a cookie. And the mother walks in and said, what are you doing? That was how he felt. He said, started mumbling something about going to China. And the Lord said, I never sent you to China or India. I never asked you to go to India. I never sent you to go to India. But, you know, for us, it's so easy to put the, that experience and what this brother did and this brother I met here and that person I met there and this one I met there and put everything, everything together and said, it must be the will of God. Did you seek God? Were those circumstantial confirmations or were they born out of seeking God intentionally? We don't see God intentionally. We see God haphazardly, including me, the preacher. 
But after these 30 days, I made up my mind. I will see God intentionally for every single thing of my life because I don't want to be. This scripture has to be fulfilled in my life and my people shall never be put to shame. You know what the Lord told him after that? You know what he said to him? He said, go and seek me for 21 days. Drink only water. Eh? He said, go and seek me for 21 days. Drink only water. Why didn't he tell him that assignment right there and then? Why didn't he tell him? Why didn't he tell him that assignment right there and then? Why did he say, go and seek me for 21 days? Drink only water. After 21 days, they told him what he should do. They told him he should go to that place where he is right now and go and plant a church there and stay there. Because God has a plan for that particular place. And that is where he has been. And the church is not a 5,000 seater church. They don't have 1,000 people in the church. They are just a few hundreds. And they instructed him to raise sons for God from that place. And that's what he has been doing. Now, because he heard God very clearly, he has heard God very clearly. It's not an issue of, oh, the wind, and God was not in the wind. Oh, the fire, and God was not in the fire. No, he heard God clearly. So it's our responsibility. There are things written in us. They, they, are, they are written in us. That's why satanic priests can read it. That's why they can read it. And that's why I want to counsel you, child of God, I, when the day you give birth, don't give your children to strangers to shower for you, babies. Don't go to any hospital, just any hospital, to go and have a child. Let God be the one to lead you. Praise God. Some of these wisdoms, we didn't know it when we were having children. We didn't know it when we were having children. But, you know, like I've said, John chapter 2 is my greatest consolation scripture in all of the earth. I've never seen any scripture that gives me peace more than that. That God can restore to me lost years. That God can restore to me lost seasons. Hallelujah. So in continuing with the spirit of what we have been learning, like I said, you know, we want to, we want to um, drill everyone to have strength and capacity and approach God properly. We don't want to be uh, beating the air. You know, Francis, you said, did like this, right? That's just what uh, Paul said in the scriptures. He said, I don't want to fight as one beating the air. Expand all your energy on nothing. Expand all your energy, you know, expand all your energy. You do ministry, you do service, and yet it's all a waste of time. It didn't count. It didn't count because they never sent you. It didn't count because that's not where you are meant to be. It didn't count because that's not what you're meant to be doing. 
So it's a season for us to be very, very sober and pursue God desperately. Pursue God desperately. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want us to stand up and begin to pray. So our passion, our companion this season is the word of God and prayer. Say with me the word of God and prayer. Say with me the word of God and prayer. Uh-huh. The word of God and prayer. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We're still receiving our lost seasons. We're still receiving our lost assignments. We're still receiving our lost seasons, our lost assignments. Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Some of you, Satan would have been waiting. Let's, let them finish the 30 days. Shabby, I know them now. After 30 days, that is it. They will start partying. All the ones they've already released for them, we will go and, 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 and take it back. But that is not going to be for us. That is, I said that's not going to be for us. In the name of Jesus. Father, we receive strength to keep running. 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 Father, we ask you to strengthen this house. Strengthen this house. Strengthen this house. Strengthen this house, oh God. Strengthen us with your word. Strengthen us by your spirit. Strengthen this house, oh God. There will be no confusion in this house. There will be no confusion in this house. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. That's all that matters. Eshebali gabara sokobata. Eshemata kabande yala. Father, today we renounce foolishness. Any form of foolishness. Kai. Any form of foolishness. Deception of iPhone. Deception of, uh, of, uh, of uh, WhatsApp. Chatting. Talking with human beings. Father, we delete every form of foolishness. For, for over one hour, talking nonsense. We reject foolishness. Deliver me from foolishness, Father. 
Esopete kelige bodogo bobo. Elega naga Maria gabara sante. Ezekataka bayakadagadagaba. Deliver me from my own pleasures. Deliver me from my own desires. Deliver me from my own will, O oh God. Let the will of God rule my life. Let the will of God rule my life. Elubadagadagabara shagabada. Elegadagaboro sokatayanagabara. Esupataita. Esupete kepo. Eporono kopota. Etopanda kutapaya. Aprando koposete. Esekepotata. Alaka puteyanare. Elibodigabosata. Aseprondekete. Eluparianagaba. Asupateyanagaba. Asopetekeyanagaba. Maleke sende. Eroko soto. Eroko soto. Ereke soto. Oreke posota. Aramalekata. Elekumelietepo. Opo. Father, bring us to that place where we will walk with you. We want to walk with you, Jesus. We want to walk with you, Lord Jesus. Elekebosa, elaganega mosa, esopentelege bosota, esepetekepoposota, elopronde kosia, elaputa yalababa, arakapasata, eseketenegebosia, aropronegebo, origadagadagabose, elekebosata, nakandekepo, that nothing else would matter, ayeke mosota, but you, O oh Jesus, nothing else would matter but to walk with you, but to know you, but to seek you, but to hear you, but to find you. Matekaba, Maroko Center, Eseketebo, Osipatayaba, Araka Site, Esemoligaba, Amaligedegebo, Esomaligandaya, Araka Sakata, Esubeligeboto, Oligedegebo Sata. Make up your mind. My life must be rewritten in this season. That's the new season. My life must be rewritten. I must come off from the dust. I must come off from the dust. Shake, shake, shake yourself. Shake the dust off of you, O daughter of Zion. Arakumeria kaba. Asakatanabaya. Aprane kelegebo. Osokote nekebo. Esekanagababa. Eshiketa nagababa. Aragube degedegebo. Oregadagadagadagaba. Esekadagadagadagebo. Osondeligedegedegebo. Esupatanagabayande. Thank you, Jesus. Oshkapadagabarasata. Esemaligabada. Esomedegedegebosaya. Esikadagadagabosaya. Esse badagadagabosutaya. Esse ketekedegeborosotaya. Esse katanagababaya sende. Ele kronde kopopapa. Ele keprone kepopapa. Ele keprone kepopapa. Ele keprone kepopapa. Ala kumaraka papa kepapa. 
Aprone ke pole ke popo sata. Esegeli ke bodo sota. Thank you, Jesus. Osakata ya lagabaria. Eborona gaboro sota ne kaba. Apasi ke potapa. Eborone ke posote. Esendele kaparande. Esumatiana papase. Esekene bosate. Esupati kaposate. Elegene gemoseye. Elugane gabolo seye. Elegene gemole seye. Lord, we want to get it right. We want to get it right. Yes. We want to get it right with you, Lord Jesus. We don't want to miss it. We don't want to make mistakes. We don't want to be abandoned. We don't want to be corrupted. We don't want to be deceived. We don't want to be afflicted. We don't want to be destroyed. We don't want to be eaten up. Lord Jesus, we want to get it right. O sakata ya lagabaraze, e sopetende ke bolaze, e supatika balagababaze, e rete ke bolagadagababaze, e supatika ye lagababaze, e reke posokodagababaze, e somalegadagadagababaze, e ropeteke ya lagabababaze, e rokosota, a ropenike posota, a rontayenta kaposota, e supetike poposota, a rokosekelege bodos. Sota azanta kandalega badazeta yala babashane. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, precious Lord Jesus. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you praise, Jesus. Ale ganega madagaba. Ale ganega degadagaba. Ale gane gada gababa yeta. Ale gane gababara gabotaya. Asakata nagabotia. Ele pando konde. Ereke moneke pota. Araka bababasa. Paul said, the only joy I have is you on that day. It's you on that day. He said, you are my joy, you are my crown. The only labor, the only essence is that you can stand before your king on that day and say, under this ministry, I did the will of God. Under this ministry, I did the will of God. I found the will of God. Under this ministry, I lived for God and God only. I don't care about the pews. Eli a people of the will of God, a people of God's will, a people driven by divine will, a people driven by divine agenda, a people driven by the program of God, a people driven by the plan of God. Nothing else matters. Father, strengthen us. Strengthen us not to go out of course. 
Strengthen us not to be derailed. Strengthen us, O oh God. Deliver us from idols. Deliver us from idols, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus. Hayakosata. Thank you for strengthening us. Strengthening us, Lord Jesus. Strengthening us, Lord Jesus. Oh, pasaka pataka papa. Paraka pataka papa sata. Paraka papa saka pata papa. Paraka papa saka pata papa. Panteleke poro saka papa. Epatiana kapara saka pata. Apanteleke poro kapapo sata. Eparaka papa sandelege poro sata. Apataka papa se. Ereke posi. Aroko polo sota. Asamalega baria sendelege bosia baba. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Pastor, please come and help us with communion and further declarations. Father, we thank you. We'll give you praise. Oh, we give you all the glory, Jesus. Father, we'll receive understanding, strength in this season not to walk foolishly in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we bless your name for the operation of your spirit making us wise, guiding us into our truth. Lord, causing us to walk in your program for our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Our testimony is that we are growing from glory to glory. From strength to strength. It shall not be said of us that we won't say it. I used to pray. I used to do this. I used to do that. Lord, but it shall be said of us that we grow in glory to glory. Because we are the people of wisdom by the spirit of our living God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We will finish strong in the name of Jesus. Our lives will glorify you. Our families will glorify you. Our husbands will glorify your name. Our wives will glorify your name. Our children will glorify your name. We dedicate all our husbands, all our wives, our children unto you, Father. We say we have not, we have for Jesus. We declare that we are not of this world. We are that generation that seek your face, that look for your heart, that look for your agenda, Father. We are that generation 
that do your will. Thank you, Father. You are working in us to make the right choices on daily basis. You are working in us, oh God, to be in the right place at the right time. You are working in us to do the right thing per time, per season, oh God. You are working in us by your spirit, by your wisdom, by your light, by your instruction, by your commandment. You are working in us. None of us will be foolish in the name of Jesus. We judge foolishness amidst us. In the name of Jesus, our actions, our reactions shall be in wisdom of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says the path of the righteous is like a shining light that shines and shines and shines unto perfect day. We thank you for all the giftings are restored activated by the spirit of God. We thank you for all the children that ought to be born even in this season we activate them because they came from you in the name of Jesus and we say by the power of the spirit Lord as they come from heaven there's no restriction in the name of Jesus there's no restriction that children enter into their life eyes of your children in the name of Jesus they enter they enter no restriction thank you father we receive these babies in this season we receive these babies according to your will according to your agenda according to your plan according to your location Lord even for us in this season we receive it we receive it we say no barrier no hindrance every hindrance is judged in the name of Jesus. Every barrier is shut in the name of Jesus Christ. We say baby, enter in the name of Jesus. We welcome you. We say you are welcome. We welcome you. We receive you even at this time. In the name of Jesus. To the glory of, to the glory of the Father. Oh, we give you praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the worship. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the power of resurrection. Start working our lives in the name of Jesus. Even as we partake of your flesh, we declare the word to come. We declare the new bodies. We declare the resurrection life in the name of Jesus. Our body is quickened to do the will of God. Jesus said, I say, he said, I came in the volume of the book that is written of me to do thy will. In the name of Jesus, our bodies will do your will. Our body will not do sickness. Our body will not do anything contrary, but the will of God. My body, our body is for immortality, for eternal life. There is a reason why you created it, that that body will have life in the name of Jesus and immortality. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you all the glory and worship in the name of Jesus Christ. As we take, we receive life. As we take, we receive strength. As we take, we receive, oh God, the promises of the Father in our bodies so we can fulfill our days upon the earth. In the name of Jesus, nothing will cut our days short. In the name 
because the Bible says that the sickness that is upon Egyptians, you will not allow it to come upon your own. We are for Jesus and we declare that our bodies will do the testimony of Jesus Christ because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We will live a prophetic life through this communion by the power of the Holy Ghost. Father, as we drink, we drink eternal life. We drink life. We drink life that is in your blood. The New Testament, the new, the new and living way that is in your blood. We drink it. We partake it. We declare we shall not see that. Our soul shall not see corruption. Our soul shall not see corruption in the name of Jesus Christ. Our soul shall not see corruption. That will not allow the Holy Child to see corruption in thy presence. That is a fullness of joy. We receive strength in our souls. We receive intelligence of the spirit. We receive the wisdom of life in the name of Jesus. We refuse to be foolish in the name of Jesus. Our eyes is open. Our understanding is quickened in the name of Jesus Christ. We walk intelligently. We see accurately in the name that is above every other name. In the name of Jeshua, the living God, we pray. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Oh, Shaka, who can come and take? Who can come and partake? Oh, we give you glory. Akadagabahata. Okotegebeheke. Asabalabadika Bahasha. Lengedegebehesatigehekaba. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father. Thank you for the instruction of life to us. In the name of Jesus. We are not working as fools in the season, but as wise. To know what the will of God is. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, we swear allegiance to life. In the name of Jesus, we swan out to life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is your walking, oh God. The Bible says this is the day you've made. We are to rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, we give you glory. We give you glory. Oh, we give you praise. Thank you. Thank you. You will save us to the uttermost. You will help us to the uttermost. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Um, Let's remember tomorrow, um, tomorrow is our vigil, hallelujah. So every one of us, we're expected to be here tomorrow. We're starting by 11 p.m., hallelujah. So let's plan for the vigil, hallelujah. Praise God. So let's stand to our feet as we just thank the Lord. Please, let's just wait to share the grace. Just, we're living here briefly, Hallelujah. Father, we give you glory. We give you praise. We thank you for today. We honor you in Jesus' name. Can we share the grace? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ.
the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Spirit. Rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and message is following us all the days of our lives as we are the house of the Lord now and forevermore. Amen. So if you have your offering, you can equally give your offering.